You know who I can do without? I can do without the people in the video store. Which ones? All of them. This is Massive Late Fee with Mike and Mark. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my co-host Mike. How you doing, Mike? Uh, not too bad. How about yourself? Good, good. I've been a little under the weather, but we've had a good week here at Massive Late Fee. I've had a bit of a flu. Sucks. Yeah, from the way you were describing it earlier, I'm not so sure you have the flu there, friend. <laughs> Mike thinks I have the uh, disease which shall not be named. I'll tell you, I did... Uh, um, I did perform a blood ritual with a uh, monkey earlier. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, it could be a special they episode. Say you, of Mr. They say Billy. you can't. They say you can't get it off a toilet seat, but I'm not so sure myself. <laughs> oh, that's one of the best lines in House. Uh, we're coming to it eventually. <laughs> but yeah, this woman comes in, claims she's never had sex, but she's pregnant. And, you know, she's like, me and my fiance, we're waiting till we're virgins. And he goes, I believe him. <laughs> and she says, well, can't, can't it happen some other way besides sex, like with a toilet seat? And he goes, absolutely. There'd have to be a guy between you and the toilet seat, but absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and that young man at home and murdered her. Yep. Uh, but so. Uh, uh, the Parents Guide game, how we uh, we traditionally, for the last couple of weeks, start our episodes, Mike. Traditionally, I, for the last couple of weeks. Yep, exactly. So I've got I've got mine ready. So I'll just start because that's the way I want to do it. Uh, <laughs> violence and gore. A man is hung. This seems like it should be under uh, sex and nudity, right? This, everybody, this sentence, a man is hung, is why objects and plants are hung and people are hanged. That's the correct grammatical way to say it. But this says, a man is hung. His body is shown writhing in the air. Graphic. Um, the good, the bad, and the ugly. No, not a bad guess, but no. Uh, sex and nudity. Women seen in bra. Unforgiven. I love when they're 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 so terrible with their grammar. No, no, it's not that. Uh let's see. Hmm. Uh, oh, still under sex and nudity. A few short kisses. Mostly in the flashback story of a person who is captured for being homosexual. I, is this Saving Private Ryan? No. Huh. I'm not, this doesn't sound familiar at all. Some references and blatant talk about homosexuality and some showing of homosexual relationships. Huh. Um, I, I, I was going to say it, actually, for a second, because I was thinking maybe at the beginning. I don't know if they, I don't think they did that in the new movies, though. I believe they did. Or the original. Oh, did they? The original they didn't, but I believe they did in the remake. Yeah, I really don't remember the remake that much. It wasn't that good. That's all I basically remember. 
It is not it, though. Okay, that's my guess. This might be a uh, hint for you, I guess. I There's only one entry, entry into the profanity, and I can't read it because I think it would give it away. I'll read it at some point, but I think it would give it away. Uh, a man is burned beyond recognition in a fire. Huh, I really have no idea. Is this uh, the Ted Raimi story? No. <laughs> uh, let's see. Do you think there are people out there who think that Dark Man's like a really good movie? Probably. I mean, I guess there's two sequels, so there's got to be someone, right? Yeah, Dark Man is clearly. Hey, Batman was a thing. <laughs> I think it was supposed to be a ripoff of The Shadow, but I could be wrong. Oh, God. Uh, the Shadow. Okay, oh, I already read that one. Uh, this is also sex and nudity. In a sequence, we see a mass grave full of nude dead bodies. Genitals are visible for a brief second, then parentheses non-sexual. What a judgy IMDb. Yeah, is this Schindler's List? No, that's close. Well, I really have no clue then. Uh, let's see. There's some that would. There are some on here that will absolutely give it away. I'm going to go with profanity and see. This should narrow at least narrow it down a little bit for you. Uh, one C word, four F words, seven uses of shit, two uses of ass, two uses of bitch, three uses of damn, seven uses of bloody, one use of balls, five uses of bullocks, three uses of hell, two uses of whore, with one being a slang term, and four religious profanities. I don't get that. If if how is like whore, maybe call her like oh you whore of Babylon or, or something goddamn, like that yeah it's like a god maybe goddamn whore is like the profanity I'm not really sure could be yeah but I would I just, mean clearly I, it's some some British movie but I I, I right. don't know that I've seen this movie I think you have in fact uh, I'll tell you what the reason that I I chose this one is because I looked up on Google films Mike Morrison has seen. <laughs> And I found your IMDb. Mike has not uh, revealed this to us, but Mike has quite an extensive um, uh, filmography here on IMDb. You work mostly in the visual effects department. Um, but you've and worked... now you've given out my last name, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you've worked. You worked on this movie. You worked on Hot Fuzz. How could and Casino Royale? How could you not tell me that you were on Hot Fuzz? Yeah, this is clearly an, the wrong uh, mic. I can, I can always, I'll always edit that out. I can edit that out. Your last name. Yeah, but uh, you also worked uh, as a uh, post production supervisor on Vice News Tonight. Nope. So good for you. But uh, yeah, I think you've seen this movie. Uh, let me see. How about drugs, alcohol, uh, and smoking? Wait, is this an Edgar Wright movie? I mean, that's only, I mean, I don't think there's any, like, the theme of, like, uh, being persecuted in, like, any of those, though. No, it's not, uh, it's not an Edgar Wright film. Uh, two, de- two detectives smoke cigarettes. A man smokes a pipe. Another smokes a cigar. Is this that Sherlock 
Holmes movie that Will Ferrell? No. Huh. I, I think it was just called Watson and Holmes. I, I, I saw a very little of that. That was a very bad movie. Like, it, it's, it, it's impossibly yeah, I remember we were gonna do that movie, and then we were we were both like, "No, no, we're not watching it." Yeah, I know the reviews came out; they were terrible. I mean, you know, obviously there's been pairings of the two before that were really funny, like um, Talladega Nights and uh, mm-hmm. Step Brothers. Yep. Um, but yeah, that one did not work for me. It's like they dusted off like an old script from like the '80s, and like, "Hey, uh, you guys want to be in a movie?" Like they literally like found it, you know, and had to like get the dust off of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, all right, so frightening and intense scenes. I'm going to read you the first one. Hopefully, you'll get it on that one. And if you don't, then I'll read you the second one. And, I mean, even if you haven't seen the movie, you have to get it on the second one. Uh, homosexuals, lesbians, and minorities are shown being detained and tortured inside state-sponsored concentration camps. The scene in which Evie receives letters from a lesbian inmate may be emotional and upsetting to some viewers, especially if they, too, are empathetic people. Is this V for Vendetta? It is. Oh, see, I don't really remember that. I, I saw the movie one time, and that really wasn't like a, re, like a really strong theme in the movie, from what I recall. Yeah, I don't really remember it either. I remember... Uh... Natalie Portman was very attractive uh, with her head shaved, though. In this, yeah, one of the things under frightening and intense scenes says, a bishop attempts to rape a woman dressed as a little girl. But, I mean, not that rape's ever right, but in this guy's defense, it's Natalie Portman dressed in a, like, Catholic schoolgirl uniform. I mean, she doesn't, it's not, it's not Natalie Portman from Leon the Professional dressed like that. It's right. adult Natalie Portman, so... Yeah, it's not quite the little girl thing is that that that's the thing that always like kind of not through me. But like, I don't know, that seems like a plot hole in the movie. It's like, oh, this this uh, bishop or whatever likes little girls. Story checks out so far. Um, well, I guess little boys mostly, but but uh, little girls still checks out. But then they're like, so let's dress up Natalie Portman like a little girl. But she looks like an adult woman. <laughs> That's not. Yeah, I think she's fooling. very short, but other than that, I don't see how she could be considered a little girl. Yeah, I mean, if he truly was a pedophile, then he would be sexually attracted to prepubescent uh, girls, and she's clearly postpubescent in that movie. He wouldn't be attracted to he the psychological disorder he has. He wouldn't be attracted to her. You're very uh, up to uh, you know up to date on the subject. <laughs> Well, my wife uh, is a uh, social worker. She she schools me on. Uh, I ask her questions all the time, actually, about uh, if I'm a pet. I know. I mean, no. <laughs> how? Uh, like, uh, I can't remember what the context was, but yesterday we were not yesterday. A couple of days ago, we were having a conversation about about that, about what would be considered and what wouldn't be. Oh, that's why this is this is creepy. <laughs> my daughter who is 14 years old, brought up the fact, and I'm, I can't remember how we got on this subject, but she brought up the fact of like that 16 was is the age of consent in Michigan. And she was like, but you could also be 16 and, and have sex with somebody and it's a crime. And I'm like, why, why are we talking about this? <laughs> was my first, uh, first instinct. But I was like, no, yeah, it's, you know, 
Yeah, 16, you can consent if it's somebody that's under 18, I think, or whatever. And then Carol said that she thinks it's three years, so they could be up to 19. I think it's like a, I think it's like a Romeo and Juliet like kind of laws, what they refer to them usually. But yeah, yeah. I don't know what the span is. Or... But I was so, we were talking about what uh, would that be considered uh, pedophile or whatever. And Carol was like, no, not if they're 16. Because, and she's like, well, maybe, I guess. She's like, it depends. If they've, you know, if she's like, basically, and then she said it's, it's when they go through puberty. If you're attracted to somebody that hasn't gone through puberty, it's a mental disorder and, and that's pedophilia. But if you're attracted to, like, if you're 25 and you're attracted to a 16 year old, if you do something with that person, that's a crime, but just being attracted to someone that's a, that age, if they're, you know, physically developed, then, you know, that, that you don't have that mental disorder. Is that, uh, something you discovered on your way to justify watching a certain show on the Disney channel? You know, I'm trying to think now. I I guess she went through puberty. Yeah, I guess I guess she I guess by the time that show had come out, she had gone through puberty. So yeah, I'm covered. Let's hope so. <laughs> All right, everybody, uh, come out in. This has been a, a year long intervention in the making. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh. Um. Uh, so for alcohol, drugs, and smoking, alcohol oh, yeah. used throughout the film, some smoke. Uh, Goodfellas. No. All right. I bet it's a rap for, movie. For frightening and intense scenes, it's, just, it's, it's really weird the way the person writes this. Mm-hmm. But it says, hardly any, maybe a crash. There is a very creepy doctor. <laughs> like, they're not sure, but they still felt compelled to write this uh, comment out here. And and, two, and this is considered mild. Two out of three found this mild. So I, I'm curious as to what the other person found it. Was it they find it even mild, or they found it like moderate or intense? Oh man. Uh, okay, a creepy doctor. A uh, little shop of horrors. No. Okay. Under violence and gore, three out of three found this mild. A fight. It doesn't say a fighting scene. It just says fighting scene. Hmm. Fight Club. No. Okay. Profanity is considered to be moderate by three out of four people who have enough time to, uh, you know, moderate the boards at IMDb. Right. There, but then it says mild swearing. It's hell. Eleven instances. Three in the song. Damn. Three. Ass. Two. S H. Asterisk. Asterisk. Which I assume is shit. Is a six. God is two. God asterisk asterisk damn is five. I like that this someone considers hell a swear. Right. Uh, if my six year old said the word hell, I wouldn't be like I wouldn't blink. I don't think. Men in black. No. Okay. Here's a weird word uh, to use for this: funny cleavage shown throughout the movie. <laughs> Funny cleavage. Okay. Uh, <laughs> funny cleavage. Um, hmm. Kingpin. No. Okay. Good guess, though. Creepy. Uh, I'm not. I assume this is quite hilarious. A, a woman's nipples are clearly seen through her shirt and one. 
That also still sounds like Kingpin, but um, hmm, Porky's. Even though uh, it's not Kingpin, that's a good enough guess and close enough to the clues. Uh, no, um, a no, it's not Porky's. A policewoman's cleavage is visible in one scene. Oh, is this Cannonball Run? Well, yes, it is, Mark. <laughs> that's awesome. And I'm still trying to. Oh my god! I'm like, I think I'm exactly 12 minutes in, and it's like already like the biggest shit show I've ever seen in my entire life. You know? Okay, so uh, for everybody, uh, you know, we're doing for dumpster diving tomorrow. We're doing Cannonball Run. So if you if you want to rush out and watch Cannonball Run, you can pay for it if you want to. You can also find it, find it on Daily Motion, which is where I watched it. Uh, but the reason that I did that, the reason that I I said, hey, let's watch Cannonball Run, is that... Because you hate me and you want me to watch a fucking hour and a half of this shit? <laughs> That's part of it, but... Um, no, they, the, this team had broken a record, uh, the Cannonball record. It just came across the newswire, like I happened to see it. and The newswire? It came across my ticker tape. Okay. I decided that I I was sitting there uh, monitoring my uh, my 18th century commodities. On the he, had a, uh, he had a uh, laptop in front of you, open like the newscaster. Right. I got. Uh, I have a monocle on. <laughs> um. But I no. I, I happened to see the news story that this team had broken the cannonball record. And I was like, oh, I should watch the Cannonball Run. I, f- I love that movie. I-, I remember watching that movie when I was a kid. It was so good. I found it on Daily Motion, and I got halfway through it. it was, I was 45 minutes in, and nothing had happened. <laughs> like, nothing had happened in the movie. And I was like, what the fuck? How could I think this movie was so good when I was a kid? This is terrible. And so I decided to text you and say, hey, we should watch this. For, yeah, for yeah, it's terrible. Know. So you wanted to force me to watch an hour and a half of this. Well, yes, I had already watched fun. half the movie. So well, that's your that's your fault. You don't pull me down when you're singing. <laughs> well, that's it's like you being uh, on the side of a boat going, well, I'm already drowning and throwing an anchor around me at the last minute. <laughs> that's exactly what I did. I said, we... I said you we are a piece we, of shit. we have we have we have that motto. We ride together, we die together. Bad boys for life. That's the first I've heard of this motto. <laughs> so you know we uh, we had to do it together. Oh, we did it all actually. Oh, but yeah, it's um, <laughs> this movie is something else. It's so weird because, like I said. 45 minutes in, I think they're supposed to be introducing the... There's I, I can't wait till we talk about it in Jumpstar. There's so much I want to say about I've how seen, horrible like it I said, is. I've seen 12 minutes of this movie, um, and I already could talk about like half an hour's worth of what I've seen so oh, far. Oh, yeah, I know. I know, it's, it's bad. <laughs> There's a lot to talk about. I don't know if the second one's any good, but the second one isn't streaming anywhere, and it's not free anywhere, and I'm not well, paying for it, so... No, but yeah, the first one is <sighs> first one's terrible. It was it's, it's a mess. Yeah, it's it's terrible. And just as, just as a sneak preview, one thing I'm definitely gonna talk about is I remember being a child, like thinking of Dom DeLuise as like this epically fat guy, mm-hmm. and uh, 
he's not that fat in this movie. So no. I'm thinking maybe since then, the rest of the world is just, uh, you know, caught up. Yeah, exactly. They they call him a blimp a couple times in the movie, and he's just he's just a little chubby. Right. Like it's like it's like how like nowadays like uh, a person who's like you know considered to be fit enough to be like a police officer would be like in a sideshow you know like uh, fifty years ago. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, your Nicholas. Can you believe that guy is two hundred and fifty pounds? <laughs> he's so jacked. The quarter ton man, <laughs> eighth of a ton man, depending on the system. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, this, is a, this is a shitty fucking movie, that's for sure. It's not good. Speaking of a shitty fucking movie, um, apparently Disney Plus is rebooting Home Alone. Oh my! Why would they do that? I don't is that know. really something they're gonna do in this day and era when they have like a you know a ring and like you know you could have like cameras inside your house everywhere? I mean, how would this be? Diff- the kid could probably fucking uh pull out his credit card and buy his own plane ticket. How are they gonna do this? Yeah, I'm not exactly sure how this is gonna work. So he gets Home Alone, and what like uh uh, uh Alexa basically runs the house for him, and he watches Netflix and orders right. and orders Uber Eats and shit. Yeah, shit. He gets DoorDash and everything's fine. Um, I bet he's going to want to come out of retirement for this one again. But apparently, so Archie Yates, who's some kid I've never heard of, uh, Ellie Kemper from both The Office. Yeah, The Office and uh, the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and Rob Delaney are announced as main cast members. I'm assuming that they're the parents. Uh, It says. No, they're probably the burglars. Like, Rob Delaney's probably a burglar. Ooh, could be, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Rob Delaney, do, it does definitely look that role. Um, this Archie Yates, like I said, as a kid, it says that he is not Kevin McAllister, but a new character with a similar premise to the original franchise. So, and I mean... A new case of child abuse. <laughs> right. That was, like, the most bold... I mean, what the fuck? You don't count your kids, like, you know, when you get to the airport, you know, or before you get on the plane? Like, how shitty is that? She also knows, like, when she's on the plane... Uh, uh, what's her name? I can't think of her name. Uh, Catherine, Catherine O'Hara. Uh, yeah, there you go. Catherine O'Hara knows. She's like, oh, I know, I forgot something, and then she just realizes it's the kid. But how? She had her oldest daughter count the kids. She counted the correct number of kids because that fucking piece of shit from next door. By the way, I mean, there's suspension of disbelief. Your disbelief has to be ripped out and thrown in the fucking ocean. For you to buy this movie, so many things happened. Like, it's basically, it had to be a malevolent force uh, brought exactly. all this into yeah. being. It's like the most serendipitous, like, you know, series of events that ever happened. Yeah, it's weird. But I don't know why they'd want to reboot this movie. I mean, the original is what it is. I I, I mean, I wouldn't say it's a classic. I I enjoy it. I, I think imagine it, for some people it is. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's. I mean, if it's on, sometimes I'll watch it. But it's not like I've ever once had the urge. But damn, I got to rent home alone. Right. I think it still holds up, and like it's on Disney Plus right now. Uh, I watched it the other night with the family. It's like I said, it it still holds up. It's a decent movie. It's not like the best thing I've ever seen, but it certainly doesn't need a, a reboot. But man, they you know they're they're hurting for content over on Disney Plus already. We gotta justify reasons for people to uh, to want to oh, get this. They, oh, I see. They're they're gonna put that on Disney Plus the remake or whatever. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's gonna be streaming. 
Well, yeah, I, I have no interest in that at all. <laughs> that no, that noise you made sums up sums up the entire year for us. I think. <laughs> I have no interest. Yeah, I don't. Oh man, have I you? I kind of started off as like a podcast podcast about like loving movies, but now it's about hating movies. Right. Well, I don't. I don't know that we necessarily. I mean, like, I don't know exactly what the premise we were going for was when we started, but it's yeah, that's that's a mystery to me as well. It's definitely become how much we dislike movies, or just dislike Hollywood in general. You think a lot of Cannonball Run was just like improv? Yeah, I would say probably some of it was. Yes, and I think it inspired a young Sammy Hagar too at the beginning. Oh yeah. Can't drive 55. Well, actually, he probably wasn't that young at that point. Because I, I don't know when he uh, joined uh, Van Halen. Oh, yeah. this movie. I think that movie came out in, what, 81 or 80? 81 is when it came out, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Sammy Hagar would have been an adult with his own uh, solo career at that point. Actually, that was only a few years before uh, I Can't Drive 55 came out. Yes, I'm saying. So he probably uh, he probably got the idea from that. Did you see the Golden Globe nominations? Uh, do you have to ask that question? <laughs> well, Tim Allen hosted it, so I know all the stuff that what? you love, uh, that, how, how you love everything he does. So Another thing he liked to host back in the 70s were uh, these uh, things called uh, cocaine deals. <laughs> right. But uh, people are talking about some of the snubs for uh, for the Golden Globes, and Game of Thrones... Uh, got a nomination for Kit Harrington uh, as Jon Snow, obviously. Uh, no, Kit Harrington as um, Rob Stark. No, Kit Harrington as uh, Jon Snow. <laughs> no, I know it's Jon Snow. I'm just, you know, I don't know, being silly. I, really, I mean, I don't think he really is. Uh, I mean, he, he's not like the best actor on Game of Thrones by far, I don't think. Yeah, but every but nothing else got nominated. And it's final oh, season. Nothing at all. That's, no, that's pretty. That's pretty funny. Then I, I appreciate the joke of that. Yeah, he got nominated for for acting, and they didn't get nominated for anything else. Well, good. They did. I mean, the last season was basically a shit show. There was one episode that was really cool. It was like a battle. Yep. Um, but even in retrospect, the rest of the season season was so bad. It just like made that like not as good. Just you know by association. Yeah. I mean, so, it's a very, oh my god, first watching it, it's like a very intense battle. It's it's so fun to watch. I'm surprised you didn't get something for like direction or something for that episode, because that was, that was a really good episode. The Night King. Yeah. And then uh, did uh, Kit Harrington say he, he don't want it? Which is all he said <laughs> in the last fucking season of the, uh, the, the uh, series. Don't want it. Don't, don't want the Golden Globe. I don't think he's going to get it. Do you think he's like uh, going out of his way to like you know run into like uh, what's his oh, I, I was gonna fuck this up I don't remember his name. Peter J I was almost said Alan Jackson which is definitely <laughs> not true. Or do you think he like kind of like tries to be around like Peter Jackson and like hey uh, another Hobbit movie would be cool, right? Because he seems like I think he's like uh, relatively like minute uh, and probably would be good in like a Hobbit movie. We could but, do I mean, uh, we could do the Sumerian or whatever the hell that's called. Isn't one of them just like basically like an encyclopedia of like the rest of the books? Uh, maybe that's what the Sumerian is or whatever it is. Yeah, I think they're, they're going from like the most interesting to the least, you know, just by, uh, you know, by obviously, you know, why, why not go with the most interesting first? Right. 
Yeah, they could they could turn that thing into uh, ten movies. You know, I did hear something about the Golden Globes. I just don't remember what it was at all. It was like in one of my news feeds, like my Yahoo's or something. In your ticker tape. Yeah, my, my you know my newswire. <laughs> what what else was uh not, was any were there any other surprises or anything uh anything you know that well, you were happy about? Well, the Irishman was nominated for uh, best drama. It was Al Pacino was nominated. Joe Pesci was nominated. Uh, Robert De Niro was not nominated. <laughs> Huh. Well, I could see that. I mean, he's really good in the movie, but I mean, you know, I think uh, Joe Pesci is like great in the movie, and I think Al Pacino is mm-hmm. great too. I agree. I think Joe I mean, Pesci should win. De Niro is really just like part of the scenery, and that's not like a, a bad thing. He does a great job of doing it. It's just like you know, he's just kind of like the method by which you tell the story. Yeah, I don't think his performance like elevates past. A normal Robert De Niro performance. I mean, a normal good Robert. I'm not talking meet the parents. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it was designed to though, and I think I think that's actually like you know says a lot about him as like an actor, like mm-hmm. being so you know giving to the other actors. You know, he's yeah. Like, well, he knows he he can't give a great performance because that's not what the movie's about. The movie's not really about the Irishman. It's about you know the mafia and Hoffa. Yeah, exactly. And I agree. I think it is definitely designed that way. And I think he does a fantastic job in the movie. But um, but yeah, I think that. Uh, I think that the other the other performers just by design by the screenplay have have more to chew on, especially Joe Pesci. And Joe Pesci does something a lot different than he usually does, and you know, with just in a very skillful way. Yeah, he does a very amazing job of projecting like a uh, subdued menace throughout the entire movie. Yeah, absolutely, and it's not it's but not an easy he, thing to do. He never once like raised his voice. I mean, maybe at his wife, uh, you know, with her excessive smoking <laughs> issues. I mean, you know, he never like you know, you never, he never seems like off the handle or anything like that. But he always like have this like kind of feeling of like power behind him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing that got uh, snubbed was the Watchmen, which I believe you'll be talking oh, about. Was was that was that? Uh, I didn't know that would even be allowed. See, that's that's really a shame because I I, I know I initially. Uh, was down on it quite a bit, but I just couldn't avoid reading, like, you know, the recaps and stuff, just because, you know, I, I love the property, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the original story, obviously, and this is actually a direct sequel to that one, you know, it's not like, uh, it's like 30 years later, essentially, and it's it's really, really grown on me, I'm really, I'm really surprised, nobody got nominated at all for anything for The Watchmen? Not, no. Oh, I think next year that's going to be very different. Yeah, I agree, I think, I think next year it will be its year for sure. I don't, I don't have, I haven't been able to see it yet. I don't have, uh, HBO go or, or whatever. Um, if you, uh, if you sign up for HBO now, you can get like a, a seven day free trial. Oh, okay. I'll you can, like, you can really binge it if you want to. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm doing or what I did. And now I have my HBO now ends next Sunday, which is when the last episode is. So hopefully it won't go out before that. Right. <laughs> I, um, I uh, when HBO Max comes out, I'm thinking about maybe doing that. I don't know. We'll see. It's gonna be expensive. It's like sixteen bucks. Yeah, it's like fifteen for HBO now, so it's it, relative. It's not that much, I guess. Right. Yeah, because they're Does gonna have, have all the DC too? stuff and everything. What? Does it have Cinemax too? Yeah. That's weird. Well, HBO owns Cinemax. Oh, I know, but I, I just don't understand uh, the need for Cinemax. Oh, I agree. <laughs> 
I mean, maybe like in the eighties when you couldn't like have yeah. ready access to available pornography. Right. Like you know, obviously Cinemax was an okay place to go, but even that it was always like you know like softcore pornography. Yeah, you you don't want to uh, have uh, soft filters and uh, and cheesy jazz music play while uh, a guy uh, thrusts his belly button into a woman's crotch. Right. I uh, <laughs> actually know someone who like in the this is like way longer than it was like the mid to late 90s it had to be late 90s mm-hmm. um i'm not gonna say who it is but uh if jj matt's listening if matt's listening which he isn't oh, okay. who? oh no, no 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 that's that's a, that's a different tale that's a very different tale yeah yeah but he would actually like like tape like scramble porn mm-hmm. oh really yeah and i'm like what are, what are you doing here what like i don't know if he I, I don't know if like every so often like for a frame it would become unscrambled or just like the audio was worth it for him i just i think maybe he said like you get like free 33 seconds at the beginning which you know is nothing it's like a guy uh you know answering a call at a pizza restaurant <laughs> right, i was gonna say you get to see the uh you get to see the plumber take his wrench out right but it's like that's just like you get to see like the intro like who oh you know who's in this one i don't know i'll never see them you know, uh, my favorite story about uh, pornography channels is I went to to visit Ben and Andy, our friends who live in Las Vegas now, and we the, this is early days of the internet. Uh, ben was talking to uh, a girl on the internet, and we were like, "Hey, let's let's meet up with them." I, I basically uh, kind of like I did with you that one time. I. I pressured him into uh, arranging a meeting with her because I like doing that. So she brought a friend along probably because she thought maybe we were murderers. <laughs> and we met at a like a mall or something like that, some neutral location. And anyway, they ended up co- going back to uh, to Ben's house, uh, Ben's parents' house, actually, at the time. And Andy, his little brother, uh, you know, came on and hung out with us, too. We were in his bedroom, and I do not remember how we got on the subject, but I think somebody asked something about how many channels, uh, like cable channels they had or something like that. And Andy started going through like all the channels. For, the, <laughs> huh? for our younger listeners, that's a sign of status in the 90s. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But Andy's like, uh, he's like, well, 484 is, uh, is the Playboy channel and, and 485 is Cinemax. And then... Uh, 46 and 47 also short pornography, but only after 10 o'clock at night. Uh, and then they stop about five in the morning and then it goes back to, uh, you know, whatever other program they did. And then he stopped and noticed that we were all just staring at him (laughs) and he looked around and goes, I'm guessing. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. That's pretty. That's like earlier, like when I was joking with you about the uh, the consent laws thing. Uh-huh. There was just uh, this headline in the Onion, which was like uh, local man suspiciously familiar with uh, various states' age of consent laws. <laughs> that's like the equivalent, right? Oh. You know, it's a phenomenon that I, I don't think is discussed enough. Hmm. And I think every every uh, person, I you know, every male or my age that I've ever talked to about this has had a similar experience. Whatever happened to woods porn? What woods porn? Oh yeah, yeah like never, like you know how like, you would always find like pornography like in the woods. Yeah, yeah, I know. It was, it was it's a weird thing. Like I don't know someone our age who did not find pornography in the woods. 
Yeah, the for for me it was the park uh, at the end of at the end of the street, uh, just playing in the park one day uh, in the middle of the woods, just a playboy just lying on the ground. And so I mean, uh, sometimes it's be like a, a picture from a porn magazine, like ripped out. Yeah, that's just that's just disturbing. I mean, was this so bad? Like in the eighties and nineties, that they'd go out to the woods with a magazine and just feverishly beat off because you couldn't do anywhere else. <laughs> See, I always, I always imagined that it was like a porn fairy, just like, uh, like <laughs> for all the all the under eighteen year old boys, like uh, just sprinkling it around different areas, like they'll find it. See, I kind of feel that it was like older men, just like I remember when I was your age, I didn't have access to this stuff, and then I became a murderer. <laughs> and while I'm because... digging this hole for this body, I'm just gonna throw this porn here, so you can. Uh... I was thinking about going deep with this hole, but I think I'll go with shallow. <laughs> Oh man, but yeah, yeah I'm getting... it was very weird. There was like just pornography. Like I think half the woods were pornographic magazines at certain points. There was there were these uh, older boys that lived at the end of my street, and I mean I must have been pretty young. I probably was like nine, like nine or ten years old, and they thought it was the funniest thing in the world because uh, I had uh, their little brother was a friend of mine. I go over to their house, and the way the the road was built was weird. So this is like a suburban area, suburban street. Uh, but their, their backyard opened up huge and connected to one of the main roads. Like you could literally cut across their backyard and get to one of the, the main roads. And they had a big tree there and the older brothers, it took, uh, I don't know why their parents let them do this, but took, uh, pages from pornographic magazines like you know Playboy and Hustler or whatever, and pinned them up onto the trees or taped them up onto the trees in some way. So it was like the tree in the winter, like the tree was like co- instead of having leaves, was just covered in pornographic pictures. <laughs> and I'd go back there, and I'd cover my eyes, you know, uh, even though I wanted to look at them, but I was like, oh, I, I'm not supposed to. I think I was like, I might have been, even been younger. I might have been like seven or eight, and um. And they'd be like, they they would pretend. They'd say, "Oh, it's just pictures of cars. Like, check out the headlights on this car." <laughs> Were they also screenwriters for Cannibal Run? Apparently, yeah. So I'd uncover my eyes, and of course, it'd be you know a pair of tits, and then uh, I'd cover my eyes again, like I didn't want to see, even though I did. Maybe that's how it happened. Maybe like a strong wind hit that tree and just spread it everywhere. <laughs> All, all the porn in the world emanated from that tree. <laughs> yeah, all the found at least around here. <laughs> in every city, there is a porn tree. <laughs> it's like the giving tree. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Oh, God. Yeah, the, the reality is probably much sadder. <laughs> just uh, uh, 19 yeah, I, and 20-year-old just... boys beating off in the woods. I'm just like revolted now, thinking that I would just like touch these with like my bare hands. Mm-hmm, I know, because <laughs> thinking about it, it's like fun, but... they probably you know masturbated, and then they got so disgusted with themselves that they didn't have a girlfriend uh, to fuck yet. That they just threw the magazine away. I'm not gonna need this. <laughs> I'm gonna get a girlfriend next week. I swear. I mean, it's just so weird, like just to you buy a magazine and just leave it in the woods. Yeah, I don't get it. You would think you could, you know, reuse the magazine. You would think so. It's not like Kleenex. I mean, I'm sure they brought a lot of Kleenex, but... 
for it. No, I, I mean, I you know, you can you know get inspiration from it again is what I mean. You know. No, I know what you mean. I, I just it's just such a weird thing, and like I don't think I've ever like whatever I've mentioned that to any female, um, which is all the time. It's like a way of reading. <laughs> Like they, they just like they're like, what are you talking about? Like I don't think any woman has ever found Woods Porto. Like, did we just imagine it this whole time? That is weird. I, they they weren't looking. I guess they don't. I mean, I guess they weren't in the woods as much. Yeah. What? I wonder if there's like a female equivalent. Like, yeah, whenever I go to the um, roller rink, I find a romance novel. <laughs> When we went into uh, the limited, uh, just <laughs> tampons on the ground. <laughs> A romance novel at the roller rink. That's good. <laughs> Thank you. I was going to say beauty parlor, but I didn't want to be sexist. Right. I would be remiss if I didn't forget, because I always forget, <laughs> to mention... That my balls are incredibly smooth now, <laughs> and it's just it's it's so much fun to to be clean and fresh down there, Mike. I mean, you use deodorant, Mike, don't you? Yeah. And, and I mean, if we're gonna use deodorant, I, I'm not a... <laughs> exactly. If we're gonna use deodorant under our arms, I don't know why we're not using them on our balls. It makes sense to me. Yeah, so that's what we're doing. And Manscaped is the way to do it. Get clean for the holidays, gentlemen. You want to have just a passionate and romantic Christmas with you and your loved one, then, uh, you know, make sure that you trim uh, not only the tree, but yourself. (laughs) Get uh, the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. that comes with the Lawnmower 2.0. It comes with... With the ball deodorant, it comes with the crop refresher, which just makes you smell like a mistletoe down there. And uh, it comes with that uh, great bag, the the Shed 2.0. If you go to manscaped.com and use our promo code LATEFEE, all caps, you get 20% off your order and free shipping. I, I forget to, I always forget to mention that, but Mike, they give us free shipping that's just crazy talk. It is crazy. So go to manscaped.com, use promo code late fee, 20% off, free shipping. You've got no excuse not to. Oh, man. Yeah, so any other pieces of shit that you watched this week? Wow, I'm so angry about that. Uh, well, this so this week I watched, I finished that show Living With Yourself with Paul Rudd, or at least I finished season one. It like I watched it, you know, for the for the episode that I talked about. I talked to you about it, um, and you know, I I think I'd watched like the first three or something like that, or four at that point. Because yeah, because it was only eight eight episodes long. It took me until yesterday to finish the other four episodes, even though they're only a half an hour long. Because I was just I, like I just it lost me. Like I I watched uh. the the I it it was a premise that carried me through about an hour and a half. It should have just been a movie. And yeah. And yeah, I was like, from you describing it. and I was like, okay, cool. You know, this is good. But then it just, yeah, it lost me. So the end of it is, uh, I'll recap the premise for anyone that didn't listen to that clearly hilarious episode. Um, they, uh, he's, he, he gets cloned essentially. 
uh, unbeknownst to himself or, or not, you know, he's not trying to, but it turns out that he gets cloned and he has a perfect clone of him <clears throat> walking around. That's basically better than him in every way. He, uh, the, his wife, uh, cheats with him on the clone, uh, or treat, cheats on him with the clone. Uh, you know, one time just has sex with him once, uh, basically because she's like, you know, she thinks he's better, but then it turns out she's like, oh, he's not like you. He doesn't have our history, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but she's been trying to get pregnant for years. Turns out she's pregnant. That's the how the, this how the season one ends. Turns out she's pregnant. And of course there's no test because they have identical DNA. So she'll never know which one is actually the dad. So basically it ends in a literal my two dads situation. Oh no. It's basically just a remake of my two dads at this point. I think Stacy Keenan will be the daughter. Uh, I wonder how popular it is. Do you think they'll have another season? I assume they probably will. I don't know how popular it is. I, I know some people have been talking about it. It's probably for Netflix. I, I guess it's probably middle of the road popular. Um, but I, yeah, I feel with Netflix, they just they don't even check to see how popular it is until they're like two or three seasons in. They're like, "Ooh, we got to cancel that." Yeah, exactly. And and here's the thing: I don't I just know saw if Paul I'll Rudd watch the Golden Ferrari. Yeah, I don't know if I'll watch the second season. But if they if they do a second season, I hope that's all they do: they wrap up the story in the second season. And really, it should have just been a movie. Yeah. And I've been continuing I, I, I to watch. There's a lot of. Yeah, go ahead. There's a lot of great movies out there if they would have just taken like a, a movie, uh, you know, a series and made it into a movie. Yeah, I agree. Like I think I mean there was there was a lot of good seasons of Dexter, but if they just took like season one and just made it into like a you know two and a half hour movie, that would have been like a really good movie. Yeah, absolutely. I mean the first season was really good, you know, the it was like, you know, the, the ice truck killer and all that shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's based maybe, on like, the first maybe, book. And then maybe like the other ones, they could do like a uh, like you know like the Trinity Killer, like could be like you know mm-hmm. a sequel to it. You know, you could even do like a movie on like you know they used to have like uh, all these like detective movies that would be like an hour long. Yeah. Like here, were they, I can't remember what some of them were called, but it was like you know I'd always see them like on you know TV. It was like late at night, you know, or my grandparents would be watching it. It's like an old like oh, it's Detective So and So and another adventure. There's one that's really popular that I cannot remember what it's called. It's like I think it's a Tom Selleck character. Yeah, I'm. I can't. Remember what it's called either, but I know I know exactly what you're talking about. I mean, if they would have done something like that with the extra, that would have been pretty sweet. Yeah, I think that that would have you could have made you could have made maybe three good movies out of it. Oh yeah, and I think that I think that would have been much better than what we got. Even like uh, I, I start I, I know I think your wife likes the show Supernatural, but like I, mean, I, I saw a few episodes of it. I think if that was one, you know, a movie, I would have enjoyed it a lot more. Yeah, that's another one where they could have, you know, instead they did fifteen thousand seasons of it. Yeah, they have a lot of seasons of that show. I like I don't. I, it's like twelve or something. Yeah, that I I've uh, that show came out before I think before my oldest daughter was born. Jeez, yeah, I'm gonna say this once and I'll say it again. I I don't understand how Grey's Anatomy is still on the air. Like that show has oh, been like on the air for so long. I don't even know it's it's doctors or something. Yeah, it's it's doctors. It's like oh hey, we're sexy doctors and we have sex with each other. That, that... At what point do they just openly acknowledge it's a soap opera and then move it to like the midday? Right. 
Yeah, that show launched uh, Catherine Heigl's career. Can Catherine Heigl's Catherine Heigl's career has been destroyed, or Catherine Heigl destroyed her own career, uh, and and that show's still on the air. If she could have like gone back to like five years ago and been making some bank, you know. Yeah, apparently she's a horrible person to work with. That's what they said, like with a super size bad me, <laughs> uh, knocked up. So, oh yeah, 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 because she was in that movie. Yeah, she was oh, also in that movie she... with Gerard <laughs> Butler. She was in one of the Chucky movies too. Oh, oh, nice. Yeah. What's uh? Oh shit! I forgot what I was just gonna say. Was it something about Jennifer Tilly? Oh no! It was about Super Size Me, oh, okay. and I don't mean uh, Jennifer Tilly's chest either. Right. Um. Did you know that like the guy who did like Super Size Me, like he has like a, he, I think he did like a documentary like about like himself, like being like a a raper or like a date raper or something like that. Oh my god. Like, I, I, know, know. I don't know if it was rape. I think it was sexual assault or, you know, like me tooing basically himself. Yeah, I know that he he posted a like a thing on Twitter or something like that. Basically say basically like outing himself saying like, hey, no one's coming. Oh, maybe he just maybe the documentary wasn't about that. Then I don't I don't really know. But yeah, he's like he basically no, he's like, no one's come forward. But I just want to say, like, you know, I've I've been bad in in my past life or whatever. And um you know, I, whatever, I, I'm, I'm a piece of shit and I've, I've probably pressured women into sex or whatever. I don't know exactly what, uh, what it was about, but <laughs> what the post was about, but yeah. Yeah, was... I don't remember either. That, that guy, he didn't like that Super Size Me movie. And then beyond that, I don't, I think he did like some like, like game shows. Like he might be involved with that Cash Cab or maybe that's a different guy. Well, I like Cash Cab. I don't think I don't think that is Cash Cab. I, I, I thought he did it's some not the host. That was on here. Oh, it's you know he's definitely not the host, but maybe I don't know. I thought he was involved, but I don't think that's the case. I don't know what. I, there's something that I think he's behind. Well, let me tell you that Morgan Valentine Spurlock, Spurlock, yeah, born November seventh, nineteen seventy, is an American documentary filmmaker, humorist, okay, uh, television producer, screenwriter, and playwright, uh, apparently. Um, oh my! Is there a super size me play? <laughs> Where like the actor just sits there and eats all of it and just like dies at the end. Uh, let's see. That'd be pretty crazy. Like he has to eat ninety meals. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, let's see. Uh, he won. So before Super Size Me, he was a playwright. He won awards for his play The Phoenix, and he created I Bet You Will for MTV. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. It wasn't like an internet game show or something like that. I guess. Let's see. I think the premise was like like people are like, oh, would you do so-and-so for, you know, this much money? Correct. That's what it was. It sounds fun, but uh, I think uh, the version I would do if I were a host and a writer of such a show would be quickly illegal. Oh, yeah? <laughs> what is it? Like by uh, the first pro- episode, prostitution? Just... <laughs> <laughs> well, no, like by the end of the first episode, you'd be like, how much would it cost for you to punch so-and-so in the face? <laughs> Uh, let's see. So he, I'm trying to see what other films he's made. Where in the world is Osama bin Laden? Uh, dead. Yeah, I heard about that. Dead. Uh, apparently. He didn't find him. Dead, evidently. Uh, the Simpsons. There. He directed the Simpsons' 20th anniversary special in 3D on ice. Okay, I think I, I think I saw him on the Simpsons once. Maybe that's the episode. 
He also produces Freakonomics, which is an adaption of the book of the same name. Uh, oh, the movie? Yeah. Because I don't have a. Uh, I don't know if I saw that or not. I saw the movie. It's it's basically it's a, it's basically a pretty straightforward documentary. Uh, you know, based on the book. So I think it would have been interesting to do a documentary on the uh, the two guys who wrote the book. Because the Stephen Levitt guy, especially, is like a was considered a prodigy amongst economics mm-hmm. professors. You know what? He's he's really interesting. Let's see. I'm not seeing. Uh... He did. He did some TV show called Thirty Days. Uh, he spends. Oh, I, I think I saw that too. Like in one of them, he like came to Michigan and like lived with like a Muslim family. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he yeah, do, okay. does well, yeah. something for thirty days. How original! In December 2017, Spurlock wrote a blog post admitting to a history of sexual misconduct. After publishing his blog post, he stepped down from his position with Warrior Poets. <laughs> Warrior Poets, a company he had founded <laughs> in 2004. Uh, okay, so uh, yeah, I mean he he outed himself. Jerry's still getting money though. Yeah, out of the company. Oh wow, he uh, he was a production assistant on Leon the Professional. That's his first credit. Nice, that would've been cool. Hopefully he wasn't sexually harassing uh, Natalie Portman though. No kidding. Oh yeah, that uh, we watched that for for uh, retro late fee. It yeah, looks very uncomfortable. It's kind of creepy as hell. <laughs> I mean, I, I really love the movie, but there, it's just some parts are very uh, uncomfortable. Yeah, absolutely. Especially considering the fact that uh, the director uh, was had like was married to a sixteen year old at the time. He was like thirty, and he started oh, dating yeah. her when she was fifteen. He knew her since she was twelve. Yeah, nothing weird about that. <laughs> Let me guess, he was French. Yes, correct. That's kind of cheating saying it was a uh, movie made in France, but uh, obviously a Frenchman would direct such a thing. The Luc Besson. I mean, I really there are some parts of that movie I really like. Like Gary Oldman throughout the whole movie is just wonderful, and mm-hmm. he's so fun in that movie. Yep. I mean, for a guy who you know. Kills a, uh, a three-year-old with a shotgun. He's a black. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think Gary Oldman might be one of my favorite actors. Like he's just like everything he's in, he's always good. He is. He's he he is a very a very talented guy and does a lot of different things. Like I like how he's in uh, he's in True Romance for mm-hmm. like five minutes. Yep. But it's like one of the most memorable things about the whole movie. Yeah, he steal he steals uh, part of that movie for sure. Uh, so w- now I think we alluded to it earlier, but you've been watching The Watchmen. It turns out that I'm the one who watches The Watchmen that's, the whole time. That's right. Wow. Mystery yeah, solved. Yeah, you watched the first episode uh, a while ago. Um wasn't really into it. I mean, I wasn't paying a lot of attention because I often am not when I'm watching a movie, though I've gotten better at that lately. Mm-hmm. Especially with quality films such as The Cannonball Run. <laughs> um. But yeah, so I, I like I said, I've kind of been following it. Like on like uh, I, I always go to the AV Club uh, for reviews because I like how they review movies there and TV shows and such. Mm-hmm. And so you know, I just kind of every so often I'll get them. Like the more, I mean, I, I obviously spoil the parts for me, but I cut. I'm like, okay, this actually sounds like it's actually a really interesting, like you know, continuation to the story from the original comic. It's not like you know they're not trying to remake it or like update it for our era. It's like the same world with just like you know, this the more you know current themes. Like there's a lot of like um. It's uh, there's this group called the uh, 
called what the hell? Uh, the Illuminati. Cavalry. No, it's called the Seventh Cavalry. They're like this um, anti-police. It's not quite clear, but they kind of imply that they're like connected to the KKK. I mean, they definitely do seem to be racist, but they're mostly anti-police. Okay. So, like, I think it's like two years before the series starts. They like uh, on on Christmas Eve actually, um, because they knew everybody would be home and you know in their beds and stuff. They like they went into forty different police officers' houses and just like killed the entire family. Holy shit. Yeah, it's like the uh, uh, Regina King's character, um, her last name, God, I can't remember her first name. Uh, her last name is Abar, though. Um, she was she was actually one of the police officers, but she survived the night. She she killed one of the assailants. Is this Colin Kaepernick's favorite show? Um, I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> See, I, I'm so annoyed by the whole Colin Kaepernick thing from every side of it. Okay. <laughs> Like, the biggest annoyance of that is that, like, people, like, don't understand what he's protesting. Like, they're like, oh, he's protesting the flag. He's like, no, he's protesting, you know, like, police brutality. But, exactly. And the most obvious way to show. And also, I mean, look, it's a flag. I mean, I'm sorry. I know people are like, you know, I'm super patriotic. I got the flag everywhere. But it's mm. like, it's a physical object. It's the idea behind the flag that's important, you know? Correct. Burn the flag what, if you want to. And, and since it's just like, I mean, it's just a thing that society makes you do for some reason, which is just like a dumb, like, ritual. Like, for years and years and years, I would just sit when they do the national anthem, you know, like at a baseball game, you know, when I get there on time. Mm-hmm. Just because it's like, it's a, there's no reason to stand up. Standing up because everybody else is standing up is not a reason to stand up. Correct. But then, like, after this shit happens, I'm like, oh, God damn it, I have to fucking stand up now just so people won't harass me about my sitting down because, <laughs> you know, they'll notice it now. Right, exactly. Which is just annoying. And also, Colin Kaepernick is annoying because he keeps, like, wanting to be put on football teams, but he's not... He was declining when he stopped playing football. He he hasn't improved on his... No. Yeah, he's not... He's not... You know, and he did that workout, and everyone's like, oh, look, he can still throw the ball. And it's like, yeah, yeah okay. He can he can throw the ball when, when one guy hikes it to him. There's no rush. And... Uh, you know, it's like, yeah, I mean, could he throw the ball better than I can? Sure. But can he run an NFL offense? That remains to be seen. So I think a lot of his, I could be wrong, correct me if so, but I think a lot of it was like a, a good match of him and like the offensive scheme they had at the time, you know, where he's not a terrible quarterback. I mean, you know, I, I'm sure I, if I would love for the Lions to pick him up, you know, obviously now when they don't have a starting quarterback, but just right. in general, I mean, there's, uh, why not? I mean, who cares what these morons, you know, think I just get him on the team, you know? Yeah, I, just, he might he might actually mesh with this offense because Daryl Bevel was uh, the the offensive coordinator at Seattle, and Russell Westbrook is a similar, I mean, better a better player, but a similar style of quarterback to Colin Kaepernick. So he might actually mesh yeah. with this offense. And he would have he would have been familiar with them since you know obviously some of the bigger games were between the Seahawks and the Forty Nine ers, so right. he would kind of know his strength and weaknesses as it was. Yep. I mean, just, I mean, not, not as much as a defensive coordinator, but I mean, he'd have an idea, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. But yeah. So, uh, but, but also annoys me is that he like Kaepernick, like took a settlement, you know, from the, uh, mm-hmm. you know, from the NFL. It's like, is that what this is about the whole time? I mean, I, I'm sure he had, you know, a decent amount of money where he wouldn't really ever have to work again and probably live comfortably. And I'm sure he's got endorsements from Nike still. So he's still bringing in cash, but I mean, a settlement just makes it seem like the whole thing. He was just about the money the whole time. Yeah, and that's that. The biggest thing that disturbs me about it. So, like you know, again, we don't we don't necessarily talk about politics too much uh, on the show. But I'll say that uh, you know I don't have a problem with him kneeling. 
uh, or whatever for the anthem or, or anyone kneeling for the anthem. Uh, I mean, it, it brings attention to the cause itself, which is important. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, America needs to have this discussion about race. I mean, I'm sorry. We haven't yeah. figured it out yet. We, we, we need to not, not talk about it. I mean, there are obviously, there's obvious bias in the police system. Yep. You know, where more African-Americans are arrested than whites. It's just, it's clear. I mean, percentage wise, yep. it's, they're not committing more crimes. They're just being policed. Yep, exactly. But I mean, anyone could go, anyone from their, on their way to or from work each day could probably be pulled over and given a ticket for something. Yeah, for sure. But on the other hand, uh, you know, rightly or wrongly, well, definitely wrongly, but unfortunately for him, uh, early on in this thing, uh, the, I guess the conservatives for the, for the most part, the, you know, the people that, that, you know, said the, the people who are, who claim to be in, in favor of the constitution and, uh, freedom of speech. Right. Exactly. They, they hijacked this whole thing and completely changed the narrative, as you pointed out to uh you know one of of supporting the flag and shit like that so when that happens it's like okay your cause is awareness to uh police brutality and and things like that and racial bias in policing what you're doing now is not getting that message across it's not your fault i mean you know the branding got stolen from you but now you need to do something else if you want to get that message across you know, and again, uh, tonight, I, mean, I don't care. We're, we're clearly talking about politics now. <laughs> I don't know what it is with lately. Like in the last like eight, not eight years, you know, clearly the last four or so. I mean, what the fuck has been wrong with like the Democrats? They're just like pussies getting like pushed over by all these like idiots. Oh, I know. Well, yeah, the Democrats. I've... I mean, I mean, they can't, they can't, pu- they can't put forward a good candidate. Not last time, and who are they going to have this time? That's going to be someone who has a. I don't see a single person on stage who has a chance to win. Yeah, the the Democrats. Uh, I mean, you can't find a better candidate. That, you can't find somebody who would out poll Donald Trump. I mean, how fucking hard is that? No shit. But yeah, they've been pussies for a while, unfortunately. But yeah, the last four years especially has been really bad. And that's the right. But the but the media. It's weird because the media. You know, it 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 does have a liberal bias. I mean, it's it's you know been shown statistically. But it, I mean, if it does, then how are these like conservative stories? I mean, it must be like the rise of like vloggers and like, you know, podcasts from a conservative perspectives. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I honestly think it's, it's clearly unrepresented in the news. It has been for a while. Yeah. That's the, the conservative perspective, but of course we're getting these really weird extreme ones. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that, that idea yeah, that's, I think that's totally it. I think it's the, the, and I think that's why. So I think the conservative like point of view has become more, kind of detached from reality over the years, if we're talking strictly Republican. Um, and I think the reason is because the, the main, uh, the, the main like veins for getting the, the conservative ideas out there is Fox news, uh, run by Rupert Murdoch, who clearly doesn't care about facts. And then he's from uh, Asgard, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He is an Asgardian for sure. And and then all these these uh, areas where there is no vetting and there's no gatekeepers. So podcasts, uh, you know, online blogs, you know, basically just Internet sources. Um, And they, you know, they're all biased to money. Like they all want to get the biggest audience and make the most money. So they come up with the kind of most outlandish things and they're able to do so because there's really no gatekeeper as you pointed out the rest of the mainstream media 
uh, has more of the liberal the liberal ideas and the liberal stories. So like CNN and MSNBC and like you know regular like ABC like ABC Nightly News and stuff like that. Um, but they have gatekeepers, so they the, those stories get kind of homogenized and moderated. Um, and there's fewer, you know, like, like you said, in a lot of ways, conservative news was underrepresented in the mainstream news. And because of I that, mean, it, it's become it fringe. Yeah. And, and because mean, of that, it's the, unfortunately, the news, it's become fringe now. Right. The news, I mean, has a, I mean, the news shouldn't have a perspective, you know, it should just Oh, be, I agree. Yeah. And this actually brings something I meant to bring up earlier, but I forgot to. Do we really need like a fucking news team? No. I mean, can't one person like tell you all the stories, tell you what the weather's going to be, and then tell you, you know, what sports are happening? Yeah, should be able to. I mean, I don't feel that you know someone thinks that like you know uh, what's his name that Alan Alan Houston or whatever is Alan Longstreet. I remember because he's a general from the Civil War. Alan I don't think anyone's Quarterman. like imagining him like going out and like he's on like one of the local news stations. I mean, I don't think anyone imagines he's like going to like to the fucking Doppler radar stations and you know <laughs> analyzing charts. And- I mean, all they all weathermen. I mean, a lot of weathermen. What they do, they just get it from weather services, and all the weather services do is take the official data that's trying to be like you know manipulated, which is really fucked up. Mm-hmm. And they just like kind of add a, like they go, ah, well, I think this is going to happen. Like it's likely they have like a more likeliness of something happening than the other guy does. My favorite. Like, they think it's going to thirty percent chance of rain. The other one is forty percent. I mean, it's, I think percentage actually is not the likelihood, but it's the coverage. Yeah, no kidding. My- 30, like, no, I, I'm, I'm being, I think that's actually what it represents. Like, I think it means when it says 30% rain, it means 30% of the viewing area will be, you know, hit by. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. But, yeah, um, my favorite was, uh, what the hell was his name? Van something. Uh, he, was a, he was a sports, he was one of the sports guys, uh, Van, uh, Van Wilder. Uh-huh. There no. You go. no, it was like Steve Van something. But anyway, yeah, he, he um he was supposed to like they they the Lions played, and this was back when the Lions played at the Silverdome, and it didn't sell out as was often the case. And when the game didn't sell out, there was a local media blackout, so you couldn't see the the, the game on TV. So they yeah, asked him. They you asked, couldn't download it either. Yeah, exactly. So they asked him. Uh, you know, hey, uh, you know, how was the game, or how did you enjoy the game? Like he gave the final score of the game, and they were like, well, how, like, like just doing that, like riff, like you know, just talking, like uh, you know, ad libbing and stuff. The the guys who's he's throwing it back to, he's like, so how'd you enjoy the game, man? And he goes, didn't see it. Too nice of a day to spend in a dome. <laughs> and it's like that's was a new job. That's your job, man. Oh <laughs> uh, no! It wasn't. It, it was. It was Van something. I can't remember. Van. Oh, I almost had it. Van Allen. No, Van. I don't remember. I don't know. But yeah, he was a he was a local guy in the uh, the early nineties for us. But no, I agree. I I wanted to bring up one more thing too before uh, before we wrap up for the the day or or finish uh, hearing about the Watchmen. Um, Donald Trump, since we're talking about politics, Donald Trump posted, or he didn't specifically, but I think it's called um, Donald Trump's War Room or something like that. It's uh, one of his campaign Twitter accounts. They posted his face superimposed on Thanos uh, saying, I am inevitable. And then um, 
snapping his fingers, and then it goes to like a news conference with Nancy Pelosi and the rest of the Democrats talking about the impeachment, and they all turn to dust. <laughs> and it says oh something. God. It says something like, um, "You know, you can uh, you can quit with this phony impeachment stuff or whatever." Uh, Donald Trump's reelection is inevitable, <laughs> and so many people pointed out so many uh, wonderful things about this. One that Thanos loses in the end to that. Um, you know, like, and it looks, if you look at it, it looks horrifyingly bad. It's like, I could have edited a better video myself. <laughs> it looks terrible. Um, but the, the creator of, of Thanos, uh, Jim Starlin, uh, gave his thoughts on it. And he says, after my initial feeling of being violated, seeing that pompous fool using my creation to stroke his infantile ego, it finally struck me that the leader of my country and the free world actually enjoys comparing himself to a mass murderer. (laughs) (laughs) I think think Jim Starlin's actually local. Is he? That's awesome. You know, we went to school with those two uh, girls with the last name. I Uh-oh. think that's her uncle. The Starlins, yeah, Christine Starlin, I think. I'm, I don't remember, but I, I know they said their uncle was in comics, and uh, I know Jim Starlin's like from Detroit. Is what he lists on his uh his Wikipedia page. No, I think uh, I think that what they meant was their uncle um, was a comic book character. I don't know. I'm just joking. Let's see, Jim Starlin. Yes, Detroit, Michigan. October 9th, 1949, 70 years old. Good for you. Yeah, he he looks, you know what? I see the resemblance too. I think you're right. I never talked to the Starlins enough to uh to know that, but uh, good for them. So their I uncle never talked to them at all and surprisingly that was enough. So their uncle uh co-created Thanos. Good for them. Yeah. Well, yeah, good for him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but uh, I'm sorry. Back to the Watchmen. Uh, it's kind of neat. Uh, like, uh, so basically, after this, they called it the White Knight because mm-hmm. um, you know Christmas and all. So basically, every other police person like resigned the next day, and so they passed a law that allows like police to wear masks so they can't you know be like tracked down by the Seventh Cavalry and you know killed. Oh, they're like Rorschachs now. No, no, no. Actually, the Seventh Cavalry uh, all wear Rorschach's mask. Oh, interesting. Which, uh, for someone with a Warshack tattoo, is a little unsettling. <laughs> so we kind of have to put a date on it now. Right, because now, yeah, now they're, now they're, uh, it's considered uh, white supremacist. It's like uh, if you're born it's in... Like, oops, you're racist. It's like if you're born in 1988, um, you know, because I guess 88 is like a big, um, like, uh, anti-Semitic thing now or something like that. So, like, yeah. I know someone that has 88 at the end of uh, their email address, but it's because... Um, you know they were born in 1988. Now everyone thinks that yeah. they're they're anti-Semitic, which sucks. So, are all uh, are all like the people from India who like you know have a like a swastika? You know exactly. So sh- really shout out to my like- shout out to my friend whose email address is uh, is gas the Jews 88 at gmail. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I was waiting for it. You do not support. <laughs> I just want to be funny, like, uh, like for, just for the purpose of, like, trolling people, like, job interviews, like, like a really fucked up email, like, like, you know, everything's great, you know, you, you, like, you do a phone interview, what's your email, uh, hungdude69 at gmail. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. 
Oh. Uh, 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 like, uh, I'll get Bob Euchre to help uh, come up with the address. Right. But yeah, so anyways, like uh, the premise now is like, you know, all the police wear masks. Uh, and it's uh, basically normally like a yellow mask across your face. But the uh, detectives, uh, they have like uh, additional, you know, like responsibilities and powers. And they have like a custom custom costume. Okay. So Regina King's character uh, is Sister Knight. And like, I love the thing because she, she, yeah, Regina King uh, thinks she's retired. Um, like she claims she is and she works as a baker now. But we find that her bakery is actually like a hidden, like a base where she has, like, a costume, and, like, um, her weapon is, like, a Vietnamese weapon, because her character was actually born in the uh, 51st state, Vietnam. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is from the comics. Right. Um, so, but it's weird, they have, like, their police powers, like, seem to allow them just, like, beat people and get, like, you know, information out of them, and, like, no one, like, says a thing, like, it's just expected. Hmm. And, like, her and, like, Don Johnson, who's the chief of police, uh, they, like, openly, like, do cocaine, and, like, no one, like, comments on it. <laughs> So yeah, there's I, I don't know. It's just like it's definitely like a us versus them mentality now because you know obviously the police are afraid they'll be killed by these Seventh uh, Cavalry people. Mm-hmm. I mean then like and then like Ozymandias is like on this this weird planet like where like he's like it, 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 we find out later he's been sent there voluntarily, but he's like grown bored of it already. It's like the perfect planet. And he just hates. And this is this is a sequel to the 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 the, com- the graphic novel slash comic. So so there's squids in this then. Yeah, yeah, and they actually do show, like, they don't show it exploding, but like, they show the aftermath. Okay. And it's really, like, it's one of the characters, a character I really like, his name is Looking Glass. He's a, he's played by, uh, I can't, I don't know the guy's name, that's gonna annoy me, but, um... Brandy? He's like a Cohen. he's a Coen Brothers, like, regular. He was in No Brother, We're Out, though. He's kind of like a, like a lean, like, you know, like, skinny-looking guy. But he's, he's, he's great in this, but, like, uh, like, they show, he's, like, at this, um, this House of Mirrors, actually, because he's, like, he's, like, this kind of, like, a... He's kind of going in there to like proselytize, and he's like kind of stuck in the house of mirrors. Like a, a lady lures him in there, like with a promise of sex. She just like steals his clothes. Mm-hmm. And then when when he hears like an explosion, all the mirrors shatter. When he goes out, like everybody's dead. And there's like pieces of squid everywhere. Oh, okay. And like every so often, it'll just like rain squid parts. Like you'll hear like a siren go off, and like just squid will just like fall from the sky. Nice. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's 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 a really good sequel. I I I'm surprised. I, I don't feel it has a right to be as good as it is, but I'm really enjoying it. And uh, there's one episode left on this Sunday, uh, as I discussed earlier. Hopefully, I'll still have HBO now. If not, I'll have to uh, find another way to get it. Well, I think I'll probably get uh, the um, at least the you know the sample pack or whatever the fuck the trial, and uh, you know I'll catch up with it too, and maybe we can talk about it next week. Yeah, it, it's it's really really good. I'm really hoping this the the last episode will you know be worth the previous. Nice. Or I guess not next week, uh, but next time. Uh, for all of you, yeah, next time. Just uh, just for all of you, you know, to uh, program note for everybody. Uh, next week, I think I'm gonna do some kind of bonus thing that's uh, already recorded. I don't know if it's gonna be. Um, you know what what exactly it's going to be but i think i'm going to try to do some kind of bonus thing although we might just not have an episode and then the week after that which comes out the day after christmas will be the best of episode and then we'll be back january 2nd what about for next week uh you re-release the uh diehard commentary because it'll be the last episode before christmas yeah that's not that's not a bad idea maybe we'll do that yeah but yeah so uh uh we'll talk to you uh next year yeah. See you next year. All right. Bye. Next decade. Next decade.
All right. Have a good day, one guys. Bye. See you later.